sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. I thank God for the opportunity to be here. And um, I bring you greetings from Bishop Dag. Under whose covering I always stand to minister. So I thank him for nurturing me in ministry. And I also want to salute your pastor. whom I've known for many years, a true man of God, order, order in court, sit down, whom I've known for many years, and whom I also respect and honor, I know that he loves God very much, and that is what has brought him even up to this point, his love for God and his relentless pursuit of knowing God and growing in him. So I, I, I marvel at the wonderful work he's doing here. And I know that it's just the beginning. I know that as he continues to obey God, God's grace will also be abundant. Amen. So if you are in this church and you are a member, don't let any situation move you. Because sometimes I see some older members, and if they had known where the ship was going, they would have stayed. So when I see this, oh, Lady Reverend, I used to be in school of hygiene. So where are you now? <laughs> Lady Reverend, you know, because they didn't know where we were going. And we also didn't know. But God's grace and faithfulness is still leading us, and we are grateful. Amen. So I want you to put your hands together to salute your pastor. And I want you to honor, love, and cherish he and his wife. There's no perfect church on earth. In fact, this church was perfect till you came. So there's no perfect church, there's no perfect family. There's no perfect marriage. There's no perfect life. But you can decide to celebrate and honor that which you see and to support what God is doing. And when God lifts the head, the whole body also goes up. So may that be your portion. In Jesus' name, amen. Sit down. I also want to salute your first lady. 
for still supporting your father even up to now. I'm a fellow first lady and I know that probably our reward is in heaven. Most probably because a lot of the things we do are not seen. A lot of the things we do are behind the scenes. But the Bible says, our father who sees in secret, he will reward us openly. We have to sacrifice our husbands so that he will prophesy to you. We have to give up time for our children so that your children will be cared for. There are so many things, but in all of it, God is faithful. So I want to salute your first lady. And to thank her even for this vision. Amen. Two days ago, I was talking to somebody in the Caribbean, a pastor. He had called me because there are so many issues and he's been transferred to a branch. He's happy to go. The branch is doing very well. But his wife is not willing to go. Not because of the transfer, but because she says that she's tired. After three years of marriage, she's tired. When I, I asked her what she was tired about, she didn't have anything dramatic to say. So I asked the pastor, before I speak to your wife, is she open to the word of God? Said, oh, mommy, why do you ask? I said, because that's all I have to give. And then he said, uh, even quiet time, she struggles. So, mommy, I don't know. So even quiet time, she struggles, and you married her. Hey, our choices. But through it all, I decided that, well, Jesus sold on even hard ground. So you never know. So I called the lady, and it was a long counseling session. But in the end, the word of God is a sword. And uh, she agreed to do God's word. So when you have a lady who tries to obey God's word and love God, you must celebrate her. So I want you to celebrate your first lady. Many times we are forgotten. If you, if you serve daddy a drink, fine. When daddy travels, you forget about us. But it's all okay. God takes care of us. But I'm telling you because I know that sometimes it's out of ignorance. So it's time to also celebrate the Ruth that God gives you. The Naomi that God gives you, the Ruth. And when you do that, God will also bless you in spectacular ways, especially the ladies. Amen, ladies. So first lady, we celebrate you. And then I want to greet um, Lady Pastor Moha. It is actually through her that I got to know your pastor, his wife. And, you know. So one thing leads to another, isn't it? And she has been my friend also for many years. And a true lover and supporter of me. She encourages me a lot. And sometimes even when she sends me the words, I say, hey, you have raps, pa. And she will say that it's not raps. So I thank God for all these people who make my life what it is today. She also loves God very much. So when I was watching the drama, I was saying that, uh, but the women who are coming, they have all not dressed well. You are coming to also give advice to somebody. And that person is also not well dressed. I mean, why? 
Eh? Ladies of the Lord should look good. So anyway, thank God for ladies who are my Ruth, my Naomi's, and the different ladies that make my life colorful. Amen. And thank you also for your patience and for being here. I don't take it lightly. And sit down so that we can go into God's word this morning. I'm told that your theme is humility and the virtuous woman, isn't it? So I am sure that you have let, heard a lot of very good words. But that means that we are taking our scripture from Proverbs chapter 31. I hope you know where Proverbs is. Because many of you, ladies, you know where to find the best weave on. You know where to find the latest lace. When they say the choir is wearing khaki, white, and red, you go behind that gutter, parser to get it. But when it comes to God's word, you are bereft. Amen? But when Satan comes knocking on your door, it's not whether your weave on is Peruvian, Chinese, or Choco. But it is the deposit and investment of God's word in your life that will make a difference. And that is not, it's different from Bible knowledge. You may have Bible knowledge, but you may not have the word in you. But when you have the word in you and you are submitted to the word, then the, God can take you to many places. So I pray that from this meeting, you will become a woman of the word. And you will be full of the word. So that even when you have to advise people, you will not use African proverbs. The animal that coughs on the shore knows what is in the river. We are talking about that saith the Lord, not African proverbs. And you use that to advise people like that lady in the drama. Those are all reality, sad realities. And I pray that that will not be your portion. Amen. So we are reading from Proverbs 31, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. I am just going to talk about a few verses in there, and then we'll move on. But I will need um, a cue from Lady Pastor Bridget Marion. When it's five minutes to time, let me know, because I am not a good timekeeper. I'm not conscious of the time when I'm preaching. Amen. Proverbs 31, I will read from the different verses. Okay? Verse 12. It says about the virtuous woman, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. This is referring to the husband of the virtuous woman because in the verse 11 it says the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. And then the next verse says, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now, for those of us who are not married, we would say, oh, but why would a wife not go do a, a man good? What, what, what would? Why, why are they mentioning that she does him good and not evil all the days of my life? And some of you may even have a beloved, and you will say that, ah, the way Kwesi and I, our love is, there's no way 
there will come a day when I will not do him good and that I will do him evil. But you know, the Bible always lives ahead of us and it says in Titus 2 that among other things, the older women should teach the younger women to love their husbands. I thought you married him because you loved him. But the Apostle Paul writing in Titus says, teach the younger women to love their husbands. It means that love is something that has to be taught. Love is not just a feeling and an emotion. It may be part of it, but real love needs to be taught. Why does it need to be taught? Because when you meet your husband, you all suppose that you are very in love. But as life goes on, you realize that life is made up of different seasons. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 8 that as long as we live on this earth, there will be seed time and harvest, day and night, morning and evening, summer and winter. So if the Bible is promising us that there will be different seasons in our lives, why do you think that you, your romantic life, is only going to be sunshine? There's nothing like that. There will be seed time and harvest time, there will be night and day, and there will be summer and winter. And what is amazing about this virtuous woman is that she remains the same, doing him good and not evil all the days of her life. How come she's able to do that? I think that that is one of the first traits that shows her humility. Because it takes humility to do a man that you have been married to for two years, five years, seven years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25, 30, to do him good all those years. And every month of all those years, and every day of all those years, because even though you love your husband so much, I am sorry to say he will do things that will hurt you. And what hurts you the most comes from the person you love the most. And so for this woman to be able to do him good, you see, most of us do good when all is well. Or most of us do good when the person also does us good. Do you understand? You do me, I do you. If you treat me, I treat you. If you don't treat me well, I'm sorry. But this woman has a certain humility that causes her to be able to do good to this man all the days of her life or her married life. Amen. Now, what are the things that tempt us as women, as Christians, not to be good to the man that we said I do to? You see, when you are coming down the aisle, when you are married, you think that it's only your flower girls and your groomsmen that are following you. But in actual fact, so many things are following you. Your past and your partner's past. Your temperament and your husband's temperament. Your weaknesses and your husband's weaknesses. Your strengths and your husband's strengths. Where you've been and where he has been. All those things are following you right up to circle. Your trail is very long. But it is invisible, but it is there. And it is when you marry that you see these differences. And it is when you marry that your love is tested. 
You see, now you say, I love you. When you come and say your vows, until death us do part. One of our lady pastors was telling me, when she came for the marriage counseling in the church, they will say, ways of communication. It's in the book, Model Marriage, Communication. And then they will say, don't shout at each other. Then she will look and say, oh, really? Shout? Do people shout at each other? She said to Samami, every counsel they gave, I said, it doesn't apply to me. They said, never use never in your words. You never come home early. You never give me money. You never care about the children. You never... Mm, do people talk so negatively? Really? Then when she married, she understood why they were giving her the counseling. She says, Sister Mommy, guess what? I couldn't even find my model marriage book. So now I have to go under some cupboard looking before I'm now going to learn. Because all the counseling, when they were telling me, I said, Oh, is that what married people do? Shout at each other? Hey, then they don't know love. Because now that we found love, hey, what are we going to do with it? But your love is tested when you marry. You said I do. Say, submit to you in all things, obey you in all things, love you, uh, uh, forsaking all others, keep thee only unto, unto you, so long as we both shall live. Then you go to the office, and then that day, your husband has been horrible. And your boss in the office is so nice. I have a lady I counseled, and her husband was a military man, and he used to beat her. It was not good. And then one day after such beating and being called all sorts of names, she went to stand at the junction, and a Porsche BMW stopped. And the guy said, Good morning, beautiful. Where are you going? And she said, Sister Mom, when I heard those words, ah, I've not heard them in a long time. And remember, I'm coming from a place where I've been beaten, abused. You are a foolish woman. You are a slut. And I stand by the wayside, and somebody says, Good morning, beautiful. Where are you going? And then she shows where she's going. So, Open the door and sit down. I'll take you. And that started a major temptation. He shall do him good and not evil all the days of her life. It takes humility to say, you know, you don't deserve my love because of your behavior. But because there's a higher love from God, I humble myself. I put down my pride and my, 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 my feeling good. And I allow myself to love you even when you are unlovable. That is the virtuous woman on display. And it is not always easy. Amen? People say that Christians are the best actors and actresses. In fact, they are better than the people in Hollywood. Because Christians always pretend as if all is well. There are no challenges. But let me ask you. In your walk with God, God is perfect. You are not. Look at the problems God has with you. How much more 
two imperfect people. Some of you say, oh, lady reverend, if I marry a man who fears God, if I marry a woman who fears God, my life will be okay. Yes, your life will be okay because it will be built on the word. But the same Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous and the Lord delivers him out of them all. So if you are a virtuous woman and you are going to do him good all the days of your life, it means that there will be days when the man, the spouse, the woman in your life does not deserve your love. But that does not give you the license to do him evil. But humility will make you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. We'll come to that and then he will exalt. God's hand is here. And sometimes we exalt ourselves above his word. But if we will humble ourselves under his mighty hand, then God can pick us up and lift us up. It takes humility to be a wife. It takes humility to be married. It takes humility to say, you know, not my will, but yours be done. You want to live in Saskatchewan. And your husband wants to live in Commenda. Which one are you going to choose? Some of you single ladies, doesn't even occur to you. So, my dream is to live in Saskatchewan, to be the next neurosurgeon you ever know. It's good to have dreams. But there's something called a man. And there's something called a head. And when both of you don't agree, there's one captain in the ship. And it takes humility to say you are the captain. And I will follow the captain. It's not easy. So if she does him good and not evil all the days of her life, it means that she's able to say no to how she feels, no to how she wants to. Some of you, everything you manifest. You see, when the Bible says that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to prophet, you, your manifestation is on the street, is... And then when you are talking, you even feel proud. You say, once winning me. And your back come me. Once winning me. Instead of being proud of the fruits of the spirit, you are proud about how your temper is. And how you, you don't take nonsense. And how you, anybody who touches you knows that you are a live wire. But if you are going to be able to do him good and not evil all the days of your life, it's going to take humility. It's going to take, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. There are times when I go to church, I'm at a staff meeting, my husband is the head, and he says, we are going to do this, we are going to do this, you know. It is not in my place in the staff meeting to get up and say, hey, I also feel we shouldn't do this. And we should do this. No. If I have any opinion, I should say it in the house. And when I say it in the house and it's not taken, I need the wisdom of Abigail to be able to maneuver. But some of you, when it's not taken, you say, Lady Reverend, I'm out of here. That's why you should think before you marry. When we say, I do, don't do, we, we've gone on. You are the one going to marry in that house. And whatever happens there, we don't know about it. She does him good and not evil 
all the days of her life. Amen. I remember when I needed to come full time, God had called me. But when I came, where I was posted to in the church, I didn't like it. And I told my husband, yes, you said I should start a school. I started it and all that when I was still working. But now that I've come, that's not where I want to work. Uh, but they need help. And, uh, okay. Please, I need something spiritual to do. Oh, okay. Then you talk to the dean that just started a Bible school. Talk to the dean of a Bible school. Maybe she will give you something that you can do. This dean, I was there before she came. When the church started, this dean was nowhere. Me, I've been a loyal, a loyal member, sweeping, uh, hanging curtains. Where was this dean? He said, I should go and discuss with the dean. But it takes humility. So I went to the dean, and I said, and she was also my junior and Wesley girls, even too. Anyway, I went to the dean, and I said, oh, my husband says I should discuss with you. So I said to her, yes. So I would like a spiritual topic to deal with in the Bible school and all that. Oh, okay, Sister Mommy, I'll give you a call when I've sorted things. She gave me a call, and then I said, yes, so what have you come up with? Ah, uh, I've arranged the timetable, and I've given you English and ancient history. Is that a spiritual subject to give me? I felt like telling her, you, if it's the chair you are sitting on, it's the way you are behaving, I don't like. But God said to me, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And I, God, I will lift you up. So I went to my husband and I said, how can they give me ancient history and English? I mean, why? He said, oh, I didn't know, but maybe the timetables they are doing, maybe they are struggling, so that's why they're, hey. And then when I come home in the evening, I'm supposed to give him food. And not only food, good food. I am to do him good and not evil all the days of my life, even when I feel he hasn't treated me right. Why? Because the one who rewards is God. That's why Hebrews 12 says, looking unto Jesus, not looking unto your husband, not looking unto your boss, not even your pastor, but looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith because it's God who is the rewarder she does him good and not evil and after giving him food you also have to bless him in the bedroom and we ladies are not wired that way as soon as we are not treated well all the system shuts down not because we want to be that way but because we are made that way we say in our marriage counseling that Men are bulbs. As soon as you switch it on, it comes on. But women are like pressing irons. It takes a while. So when the system shuts down like that, how can I be a blessing to you? It takes humility. And humility to God's will and God's word. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Amen, somebody. In Romans 12, verse 17 going, the Bible says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. 
provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink, for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. But our human nature overcomes evil with more evil. With more evil. And this word is not only for women. It's not only women who have to forgive. I have come to see that brothers, because they are not verbal like women, their bitterness is even worse than women. And when I read, is it First Peter 3, 7 or so? It says that husbands do not be bitter against your wives. I used to say, oh, but... Why has God written this? Because if it's bitterness, it's more women, you know. But now, I see that I'm not God. When God says, husbands, do not be bitter against your wives, he knows what he's saying. Because a woman will communicate how she's feeling. But men are not created to be verbal. When you ask them, how is it good? How was the program? Good. How did it go? Good. But me, I want to know who came. The choir sang. What they said. What Pastor Bempa said, what his wife said. In fact, from the gate, how we were received, the flowers I took, I will boss you all this. If you ask me how was the program. But when my husband came, I asked how was the program. Oh, good, good, good. It went well. It went well. <laughs> my sons, the same. When I asked them, how was it? Good. I said, so who came? This and this. And what happened? Mommy, we've told you. We've told you. So God has made us all different. But when I asked my girls, I just have to ask one question. Don't tell me the color scheme, what happened, how it was, and all that. So because men, brothers are not verbal, they harbor a lot before they speak. And so by that time, the bitterness has been very great. But if we are going to humble ourselves, then we are going to humble ourselves under his word and under his hand. And it is only in that way that you can do good to the man in your life all the days of your life because he will not always deserve it amen verse 13 she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands she's like the merchant ships she brings her food from afar she rises also while it is night and gives me to her household and a portion to her maidens it takes humility to work with your own hands. It is said about the virtuous woman, she herself seeks the wool and flax. And when she's working, she works willingly with her hands. Many of us don't want to do menial jobs in the church or even anywhere else. We feel that if you are high, it means don't do certain jobs. But what did Jesus say? He said that if you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of everybody. And we are not like that. Many women now, when a man says, I want to marry you, you want to see his car keys, you want to see his title deeds, and you want to see his smart suit. But if it were like that, 
many of the men of God you admire, you wouldn't have chosen them. Because like Jesus, they had no comeliness that you should desire them. Amen? But when you see that, you say, if you are not like my pastor, I can never marry you. Look, when Mama Pat met, excuse me to say, your pastor, he was not as smart as he looks now. Amen? So when you look at your previous picture, you say, ah, why did I believe myself so much? What was it? And in our time, you know, they'll hold flowers and do some cytopos. And then, at that time, you feel so good. But later, why you look, say, ah. But this virtuous woman, she seeks wool and flax herself. There are too many big men and too many big women in the house of God. If we were Jesus' disciples, we couldn't have managed. Because he sent them, go and buy bread. Say, me big man, chief executive. Say, I say, do you know the number of people I employ? Do you, in the house of God, God is no respecter of persons. So he sent Peter and John. Some of us would even have called some women in the crowd. But to send 12 able-bodied men that go and look for food and come. And then they said, Lord, we won't get food wherever we go, but there's some small boys' lunch. I believe that they were telling Jesus out of sarcasm, not out of faith, that there's some small boys' lunch. And then Jesus used that. And then he told them, divide the people. Are we dining hall prefects? Are we dining hall prefects that we should come and divide the people? Okay, you 50 sit here. You two 50 sit here. You two, and after that, we should serve the people the bread. And after they've eaten, we should collect the crumbs and come and tell you that 12 baskets were left. She worketh willingly. These days, we think that ministry is looking flashy. Ministry is not going into the trenches and working. Ministry is not working in the church toilet. But I have worked in the church toilet and still I'm involved in the church toilet. Have you seen that people steal the soap from the church toilet? Have you seen that people take the toilet roll away? Have you seen? How will you know if you are... We can't call you to do anything menial. My husband says that the only job that starts from the top is grave digging and well digging. That's the only job that starts from the top. Every job starts from beneath. She works willingly with her hands. She seeketh wool and flax. She goes to look for it herself. Some of us say, well, I just want to marry a big man so that, wouldn't he? Mr. Makolani mean to me. Really? Then you'll be cheated every day. Because you don't know what is happening in the, in the, in the market. This is what my husband is preaching, and rightly so. He says that, you know, at first when I married my wife, we'll count the monies to buy a tin of corned beef. Because we have said that we are coming to full-time ministry. So our parents said, really, full-time ministry, you must be mad. So they withdrew all support. And you, you, you live your lives. Two professionals, you say, God has called you. Live your lives and let's see what will happen. So he would say that we used to count money and buy corned beef and all that. And rightly so. Then he would say that, now God has blessed me so much, I don't even know the price of corned beef. So my husband doesn't know the price of it, but me, I know. 
Me, I know. Because I run the house. Amen? And I don't just throw the money anywhere. Oh, anyhow. So you can come and just tell me any price. And then now, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Most of us are not productive. We are just waiting for somebody to come. But Rebecca, when she was coming to the well, she was productive. When the servant said, please give me a little water. She said, oh, and your animals also. In those days, they wore servants' clothes. So she knew that he was a servant. But she didn't say, how can you a servant, and even a man, expect me to put a bucket in the well and fetch water for you? You must be kidding. But she said, oh, I'll give you. And after that, she went to fetch and gave to all his animals. And the Bible says, and he, wondering at her, asked her, who are your father and who is your mother? I'm, I'm coming to marry you to my master Isaac, who is super rich from today. God uses things that don't look attractive. And you, you are waiting for an agontia from somewhere. You don't want to do anything productive. When Ruth entered with Naomi, she said, let me go and glean in the fields so that I can bring something home. You don't want to do anything in the ministry? You just want to warm the seats? You don't want to do anything in your own home? Nothing. You say, I'm a madam. In Ghana, that's how madam is. Madam means you sit in the shop and you don't move. When we come and buy even the things you can move yourself, you say, hey, who are in Beimano? All that is leading to unnecessary weight gain. Because we don't work with our hands. Amen. She worketh willingly. You see, the attitude to doing the work is also important. Willingly. When they say they are going for evangelism, these days I've gone past that. Really? Really? Jesus won souls everywhere he went. But you have become a big man. So now you can't open your mouth and say, Christ came to die for you. Wow. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Let me ask you in the house of God, what work are you doing? Your only contribution is attendance. It's a good contribution, but it can never be enough. The Bible says, let us work while there's light, there's, there's day. The night comes when you cannot work anymore. In other countries, you can't preach and preach freely because the night has come. Our time is day and we are not doing anything. She worketh willingly with her hands. In the church, we can't ask you that, oh, sister, sister Shawanda, could you please sweep this carpet for us? I work with this bank and I'm this and I'm that. Look, we are all servants in the house of God. And the higher you go, the lower you become. Amen? Amen. When my husband is building, he climbs the building himself. Because he says that, I don't want an architect to come and tell. And then people say, oh, Nathan, you have a lot of money. So they have a lot of projects. It's because we don't have any big architectural family, eh, company. We don't have any big engineering company. It's our own people, one architect, one contractor, one this, and then it comes up. By you, you have gone for, <laughs> I need multinationals. Go and take the multinationals. And when you don't prosper, don't blame God. Because it's not his fault. He worketh willingly 
with his hands. That is a key to her being a virtuous woman. Humility to do menial jobs. Humility to start from somewhere. Humility to be productive. Humility not to be too big for anything. We are too big. In my church, my department, one of my major departments is protocol. And that means also feeding people, both great and small. So I always tell the people, because I, I train volunteers to help me. And when I'm training them, I say, first of all, I want you to know that in this office, there's no big woman here. They are surprised. I say, in this department, we wipe the floor when somebody spills their drink. In this department, we bring food and drinks to the men of God who are eating, forgetting about our positions and who we are. And I, I, I run down all the Now, if you think you can work here, stay. If not, open the door. Those of you who want to leave can leave. Because you have to be prepared. When the heat is on, and Benihin wants a hot tea, and this one wants a hot we should be calling you. Oh, Auntie Patch, we don't have time. Move. Hey, you. Bring this. You. Move there. You. So your big manism will not allow you. It will not allow you. But what I always tell them is that, you know, when these big men come around, then other people are queuing and calling me. That's why we make a way. I want you to pray for me. I want you to. But the people who work in my office, they don't have to do anything. Because by all means, when he will say, can I have a cup of water? They will give him. Can you eat their stew? He will spill something, they will wipe it. And then before the men of God go, they say, oh, let me pray for your staff. And then they just lift their hands and they receive the blessing. And you, you are queuing outside in your hot suits and your, you are not coming near. How did they come near service? She worketh willingly. With her hands. She seeks the wool and flax herself. There's no already made man. You two, what are you bringing to the table? What spirituality are you bringing to the table? Because your husband may be a man of God, but he needs your prayer. Paul said, brethren, pray for us. Brethren, pray for us. So if you, you don't have any spiritual deposit, prayer, you can't pray. Where that you don't know. Everything you don't know, you have become a liability. May the Lord deliver us. It takes humility to be productive, to contribute something to your home, your church, and to wherever God has called you to. Romans 12 verse 16 says, Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate, and be not wise in your own conceits. So the virtuous woman and humility, we have found out that she does him good and not evil. She seeks wool and flax, number two, and she works willingly with her hands. Number three, she rises while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her handmaid. It takes humility to care for people who are lower than you. This woman wakes up in the night, not early in the morning like we think. Some of us, we sleep late, so if we wake up late, don't say, are we now waking up? We slept at three. But she rises while it is yet night, and she gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She thinks about the people who work for her and are lower than her. And she provides a portion for them when she also provides for her household. 
But some of us, in fact, my husband says it's called idiopathic pride. Pride that doesn't have a reason. You understand? You don't have any reason, but you are very proud. Some people are proud, maybe they are Miss Ghana. I'm not saying it's right, but they are Miss Ghana, so they are proud. Some people are proud, they are very wealthy, so they are proud. Some people are proud, they are very educated. But you, all these three boxes, we can't take any, but you are very proud. More than the people who have these three things. And that's idiopathic pride. We don't understand it. But this woman is able to rise up to give a portion to her maidens. Some people can only relate to people who are on their position or higher. They cannot relate to people who are lower. But Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And everybody, all have sinned. So if you can't relate to people who don't have anything, people who won't give you anything, but will rather demand from you, then the humility is lost. Amen. In my church, I have a lot of, if you like, lowly maidens who are my very good friends. I had a lady, she passed away not long ago. Hey, if you see her, you say that, ah, that this woman, what common ground does she have with Lady Reverend? But she's my friend. Because her, grand, her, her daughter gives birth by heart. Every time, mm, she has a baby. Mm, she's had a baby. Then this poor woman will come. I need rice for the baby. I need this. I need this. When I get there, I say, what are you doing here? Oh, be an embafis. Sometimes I will tell her, this is not the right time. You shouldn't come. She should come later, whatever. But she's my friend. And every time people will say, ah, this queer woman, I saw her going down from your office. Who is she? Say, she's my friend. My husband says, you are able to have some type of friends. Some type. But it takes humility because Christ came to die for all. How come you know? You're made in your house. You cannot provide a portion for her. Where is the Christ? You see now, Christ is what you do in church. Christ is not character. But the Bible says the fruits of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5.22, is love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, gentleness. Where is it? It means that the Holy Spirit is absent from our life. But when the Holy Spirit is in your life, it will bear these fruits. But these fruits are absent. But this virtuous woman, her waking up in the night is not just to care for her household, but to care for her maidens, the people who are lower than her, if you like, in social structure. Sometimes it's true that some of the households, in fact, most of them are some way. In fact, when you are kinder, that's when they take advantage of you. But like I said, we do it unto God and not unto man. But some of us too are very mean. You are going to work. You say, Then you expect the person, Yes, yes. Ten things you should do with what energy? Nothing provided. But this virtuous woman, she's humble enough to be able to cater for her maidens. Amen, somebody. May our homes really become Christian homes. Hmm. Verse 20 of Proverbs 31. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. For her to stretch out her hands means that the poor are very far from her. 
Because when you are giving somebody some person's name, you just do this. But to stretch out your hands to the needy means they are very far from you in terms of position, in terms of wealth, in terms of what you have. They are very far from you. But it takes humility in the virtuous woman to stretch forth her hands to those who are in need. You are in the church, you never see those who are in need. I don't mean those who are always harassing you, standing by your car. Some people wait for fundraising. You know, my sister had that experience. My husband was raising funds for the crusade. She would always come and she would give big amounts. And then, when she gets home, her husband, who was in another church, would say, I hear you gave this in the church today. Somebody has been calling to tell her, to tell him. She gave this, and a lot of pressure that she didn't need. Or you see that she gave 20,000. So after church, you are standing by her car because you saw her offering. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you, the blessed person, going out of your way to see those who are in need. And need is not always only money. Need is sometimes encouragement. Need is sometimes salvation. Need is sometimes a lifting up. Need is sometimes just a friendship. But she stretches forth her hands to the needy. If you are going to stretch forth your hands to the needy, it takes humility. Because you also have your issues. You see, some people think that when people are okay, it means they don't have problems. But when the goat is sweaty, you can't see, isn't it? So people have their own problems. So it takes humility to forget about yourself and focus on somebody else. And that we can see in the life of this virtuous woman. Amen, somebody. Amen. Philippians 2, 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. 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 That's what we don't have in our lives. Others. The salvation of others. Nowadays, the church doesn't preach evangelism anymore. The church doesn't win souls anymore. But we are not concerned about others and their salvation. We are just concerned about our own problems. But may the Lord deliver us. 26, Proverbs 31. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of Some of us, we open our mouths anyway. We just open our mouths. You are causing so much division in the church. You see women, eh? When you are building a church, they are pillars. But as the church goes on, they become caterpillars. They can become caterpillars. The same pillars can become caterpillars to pull the church down. And how do we do that? With our lips. We open our mouths, but not with wisdom. Things we haven't seen, we say we have seen. Things we haven't seen, we say we have seen. I've said this story many times when somebody joined the church and then um, the late Mrs. Saki, she was in her ministry. So after ministry meeting, she rounded the ministry meeting and she said, anybody who is new in the church, you have questions, you want to know about the church, you can ask now. Then a young lady lifted her hand. Mrs. Saki said, yes, you. Uh, uh, the bishop's wife, Bishop Doug's wife, I like her very much, but um, 
I went to sew somewhere. And when I went to sew in that place, I saw a calendar with their picture. And then I said there that, oh, this woman, I've joined their church and I like her so much, but I've not had the opportunity to talk to her. Then an old man in the house said, which one? He said, this woman in the picture. I said, hey, have you not heard? This woman, she poisoned her husband, Bishop Dago. Oh, me crana me waho, na ye rashi nuko kolebu. She, ye bisa bishop say. And then I would do, I said nothing, except what my wife gave me. Yeah, mami no jina weya nenyua today. She has put something in the man's food. But you see, the man, he loves God, so he has just decided to just forgive her. So every day I see her, I look at her, eee, mami we. Inti ona mwasa anu. And then she would also look at Bishop Doug and say, Hey, Papa, funny on me. Mrs. Saki said, What? It's not true. They said that. And she came to tell me. So I wanted her to meet you. So that I said, I don't need to meet her. I'm fine. You have sorted it out. It's okay. So I don't know the person. Even up to do whether she's still in the church or whether immaterial. But your mouth. Look at the testimony the girl was going away with. It was just God's grace that they were asked that. Is there anybody who has any question? So as I'm going around the church, loving people the, no, the best I know how, she's also looking at me that, hey, you know we are seeing. She opens her mouth with wisdom. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to speak and a time to not speak, to be silent. There's a time for everything. So sometimes, if something is true, you don't just get up and speak. Because Philippians 4, 8 says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, so it may be true, but it's not honest. It may be true, but it's not pure. It may be true, but it doesn't have good reports. It may be true, but it may not be lovely. So you don't just speak. Amen? Amen? She opens her mouth with wisdom. Some of us, that is why our marriages are where they are. Because you say things you shouldn't say in your anger. That's what the Bible says, let us be quick to hear. But with women, it's the opposite. We are quick to speak. Quick to hear, slow to speak. And slow to anger. We have reversed it. But this virtuous woman, she opens her mouth with wisdom. And it takes humility not to always say what you feel like saying. And not to always say what you want to say. Because after you have been insulted like that, you also want to show that. It's not that you don't have vocabulary. And it's not that you don't know how to return fire for fire. But because you are humble, you say, God, these words that are spoken are not fair. These words that are spoken are painful. But God, I choose a higher road not to respond in the same way. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And on her lips is the law of kindness. Her words minister kindness. And that is why many homes are aflame. Because when the man shouts, you also shout. Like the drama. When he points his hand to your eye, you also point his hand. You say, okay, send me yes, our girls. Make sure we say then he shouts, I regret marrying you. So even me, I regret even more. Then later you come and say, oh, I didn't mean what I said. 
But the words have gone. She opens her mouth with wisdom. The Bible says, a soft answer breaketh the bone. So when your husband is told, eh, I don't care. And then he's not even listening to what you are saying. After everything, that you come with your soft answer to say ice water. And you say, you know me, Pacham. You know? Immediately the person usually will cool down. But if you also say, eh, quick, whatever you think is what you think. And she opens her mouth with wisdom. And on her lips is the law of kindness. I've preached on all this. Um, Remedies to contention. That means remedies to fighting. So I cannot preach all that, so I'm just picking here and there. Amen. I might just say that we, we should speak like the virtuous woman, yes. But Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto your hearers. Amen. When you speak, does it minister any grace? Instead of preaching the gospel, you are preaching gossip in the church. Hey. You see, women like talking. So let's turn our talking to evangelism. You see, when Naomi was coming back, the Bible says, and the woman said, is this Naomi? Sometimes it's not what you have said. You say, well, I just asked the question. Hey, Naomi, nee. You say, I didn't say anything, I just asked the question. But your question is loaded. You, you said that and Naomi said, call me not Naomi, which means pleasantness, but call me Mara. Why? Your one question has made somebody change her whole name and her identity. It shows how powerful the tongue is. Saul and David, what brought the, the women? And the woman sang. Saul has slain his thousand, but David is ten thousand. David be for ten thousand. And the woman said... And the women said, they would say, oh, I was just singing praises. You were just singing praises. You were fueling division. In the choir, you just asked. When they say, Oh, today we are wearing red, white, I say, eh. then you ask your friend, Media mean show Ubeshe. Media mean share red, no. Ubeshe. You say, but I didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. Instead of making disciples for the kingdom, you were making disciples for rebellion. And then when you finish, you say, I didn't say anything. Prayer meeting. Me cry. And prayer meeting, my brother cry. Me nko ubeko. Me nko ubeko. You are converting people from the kingdom of light into the kingdom of God is working. You are doing the opposite. And when you finish, you say, I didn't say anything. I just asked. Into this month, it is a way in child tithe. And I heard them. And when they say, oh, media me be so question. I just wanted a clarification that you know but the faithful tithe payer that god wants to rebuke the devourer on her behalf you you have converted her to darkness like that friend who came your words and some of you ladies the type of friends you have are leading you to hell because bad company corrupts good morals the type of company you keep is how far you are going in this life you have gone to join somebody who is not serious with God and all her utterances are some way. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which will minister grace to the people that hear you.
Before you speak, say, will this thing minister grace? As I'm going to say this, is it going to make them better Christians? And if it's not, hold your peace. The virtuous woman, she opens her mouth with wisdom. So, can wisdom in And if it's the wisdom of this world, also forget it. Because the wisdom of this world is different from the wisdom from above. Amen. Proverbs 31, 31. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. The virtuous woman does not praise herself. You see, sometimes women do things and they feel so unappreciated. Some women say, Lady Reverend, I slave, I go to work, I come back, I cook, I clean. This man will never come and say, oh, you've done well. Or that, oh, I can see your effort. Or nothing, you know. And then they feel like giving up in the good work that they are doing. But this verse has been a great encouragement to me. And I hope it will be an encouragement to you too. It says that, give her of the fruit of her hands. It means there must be something your hands are doing. You remember? She works willingly with her hands. Say, so give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her. So even when people do not praise you, your works will shout and your works will praise you. And so when you follow God or you labor in his vineyard or you do things because he said, your works will shout and your works will praise you. And that's humility. She doesn't go about blowing her trumpet. Oh, you know, I do this and I do that and I do that. And often you feel not appreciated. I have a friend who is a pastor's wife in another church, and she says to me that whenever there's a great program, her husband would thank everybody except her and call them up as couples. Oh, pastor, this and your wife, thank you, you've done this. Pastor, this and your wife, thank you. Then he will forget. Then one day, an American couple came, and then they whispered to him that, oh, but we've seen your wife working very hard. Why are you not calling? Hey, did I forget my wife? Sorry, please come. The next time he did it again. And I said to her, let your works praise you. You will get to a point where what you have done, the investment in people's lives, the things themselves will shout. Takes humility not to fight for your own place and your own praise. But the virtuous woman, her works will praise her. Amen. Now what I don't like is to preach that we should be humble without saying how. So I'll just say how and we'll be ended. Amen. Philippians chapter 2. Reading from verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. It starts with a mind. Humility starts with a mind and a way of thinking. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. The way you think about yourself. 
the way you think about the things you do, the way you think about what you are doing, the mind is the center of it all. And thoughts are demons, like my husband was saying this morning. Thoughts are demons. That's why the Bible says casting down imaginations and bringing every thought into obedience because the way you think can be a very demonic and, and, and uh, dangerous way of thinking. So let this mind be in you, so your way of thinking. When you are asked to sweep the floor, what do you think about it? When you are asked to go and clean the toilet, how do you think about it? When you are asked, go and bring bread to feed this 5,000 that you are greater than. How does your mind process it? Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ. So we have to change the way we think. And when he was in the form of God, he didn't think it. How you think? He didn't think God had robbed him. He didn't think it robbery to be equal with God. It's like, I'm equal with God, and now you are telling me, go down to the earth and save the people. You are robbing me of something. And if we would change our mindset, when you're asked to do something, you just say, they want something from me. They want to take my things. They want my riches. They want my things. All that leads to pride. But he thought it not robbery. Thinking to be equal with God. Amen. But he made himself of no reputation. Nobody can make you humble. You have to make yourself humble. That's why the Bible says humble yourself. He didn't say call an angel. He didn't say call uh, the, even a spirit to make you humble. He said, Amen. So let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be, but humbled himself. He made himself of no reputation. Make yourself that I'm nothing except by the grace of God. Make yourself that what do I have that I did not receive from God. Make yourself that I'm privileged to even be asked to do something in the house of God. God could have called many vessels. Why did he call me? Make yourself of no reputation. Amen. And took upon him the form of a servant. He, he took. He took the form and said, I am going to be a servant. You too take upon you the form of a servant. Become like somebody who serves. For if you want to be great in God's kingdom, you must learn to serve. Amen. And he was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Not somebody humbled him. When you don't humble yourself, God humbles you. Amen. But when you make yourself humble, God himself will even lift you up. So he made himself, he humbled himself and became obedient. Beloved, obedience is the greatest sign of humility. Obedience is when you feel like doing something else and God's word makes you submit. You know, like Peter said to Jesus when he said, Launch your net into the deep for a catch. Peter said, you know something? We have, we have labored all night. We've told all night and we have caught nothing. But what did he say? He said, nevertheless, at your word. Every Christian needs a nevertheless in your life. How come you? You don't have any referee. When he blows the whistle, he says that time up. You say extra time, I'm playing. When he says time up, he says no, injury time. When he says offside, you say it's not offside. The match is continuing. But you need a Nevertheless. When Jesus was in the garden of Eden, of Gethsemane, he said, if it be possible, 
Let this cup pass. There are cups we don't want to drink. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That is humility. Humility is having a nevertheless. This man is annoying me. Nevertheless, because you say that if my enemy is hungry, I should feed him. I will feed him. Like in the drama. Amen? Amen. Nevertheless, at thy word. Christians don't have any nevertheless. We manifest ourselves. But the word of God should be where it stops. Where God says, you say, nevertheless, at thy word. At thy word. In spite of all that I've experienced. In spite of all the toil I've fished on. You, Jesus, you are not even a fisherman. But because of your word, I will do what you have said. It meant somebody. He became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. And guess what? After humility comes a lifting up. Wherefore? Wherefore means because of that, God also has exalted him. He didn't only exalt, he highly exalted him and given him a name which is above all names. So that today, even you, when you are praying, you say in the name of Jesus, but it's a reward for obedience. It's a reward for humility. It's a lifting up that came because he humbled himself and became a man. And I pray that that would also be your portion. James chapter 4 verse 6 is the last verse I will leave you with. James chapter 4 verse 6. Are you here or you've gone home? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. Beloved, if you don't walk in humility, you lose out on God's grace. And what are you without the grace of God? Remember Paul said, I labored more effectively, nevertheless not I, but the grace of God. Paul said when he went through buffeting, a messenger of Satan, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. So when you humble yourself, all these graces come your way. First Peter 5, 5, the God of all grace, after you have suffered a while, settle you, establish you, and perfect you. All that comes because of grace. And why do we, how do we receive that grace? God gives grace to those that are humble. May humility be your portion. May your way of thinking be the way of humility. And after all that, may you also receive a wherefore where God has highly exalted you because of your humility. Stand to your feet, please. Stand to your feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want you to talk to God about this message. Don't think about anybody. Think about yourself. Ask him to give you a way of thinking. He thought it not robbery. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Ask God to renew your mind. Ask God to make you somebody who fears his word. Ask God to make you somebody who believes his word. Ask him to give you grace like the virtuous woman to walk in all these facets of humility. And some of you are struggling with things because you are not humbling yourself under his mighty hand. You want to ask him for grace to do that this afternoon. 
Ilabe kobure bashande ni karamayande ni mastobayande. Ileke yande ni mamakure bashande. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Father, give us grace to humble ourselves. Give us grace to take upon ourselves the form of a servant. To serve in your house without thinking about positions, O oh God. But thinking about the privilege of being called to serve you. Oh, and Lord, exalt your people as they walk in humility also. You are here this afternoon. I cannot sit down without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. You don't know God. And if you were to die today, you are not sure whether you go to heaven or hell. You want to say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I don't know where I'm going. I'm not sure. Lady Reverend, I've been playing games with God, but today is the day to have the mind that Christ has, to humble myself as a servant and to say, I need help and I need God. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to start all over again. It doesn't matter what you are known as in the church. It's time to be serious with God. If you are here like that, every eye closed and every head bowed, just lift up your hands outside and everywhere and I'll pray with you. Let your hands go high up above your head wherever you are standing wherever you are standing give me the privilege of praying with you give me the privilege of praying with you i see your hands at the back there god bless you i see your hands wherever you are standing start to make your way to the front give me the privilege of leading you to the king of kings and the lord of lords you lifted up your hands i saw you just come forward quickly 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 time is fast spent but your salvation is important Humble yourself and become a servant. Humble yourself in the sight of God and he will exalt you. Come. Come to Jesus. Come. 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 Come to the living water. Come to the fountain that never runs dry. Come. And if you've come forward, just bow your head and say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus. This afternoon, I humble myself and come before you as a sinner. Lord, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life and become the Lord and the master and the boss of my life. Jesus, thank you for coming to die on the cross to save me. And thank you for rising from the dead so that I may have eternal life. Today begins a new life in Jesus Christ. Thank you for making me your child by this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray for these, lifting them up before the throne of grace. Keep them, Father, from the evil one. Use them for your glory. Change their lives and let them have an encounter with you. And because of them, let your kingdom march forward. Thank you for your covering, your grace, your mercy, and your upkeep. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I just have some books to give you. Please come to church. Be serious with God and humble yourself and God will exalt you. God bless you. Amen. I must apologize for my t-shirt and my in my church we are dressing down we are dressing down so i had to dress down it's a month of evangelism god bless you you may take your seat
It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kanishi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.